welcome to the Agenda Podcast, the irreverent gen-based podcast. I'm Jen Golbeck. And I'm Jen Coleslaw. And we have an agenda for today's agenda. Um, <laughs> so we're, you know, we always try like little structures. And my question um, for you, Jen Coleslaw, because my answer is no to this, is uh, did you discover any unusual foods or drinks this week? So, yes, I did. And uh, uh, although I didn't try it, um, but I did find at the commissary when I was visiting my in-laws a uh, Satsuma orange-infused rum liqueur, <laughs> which was actually sort of bright orange. It was orange as if if um, antifreeze was orange, that's what color this was. <laughs> and it was called Gator Bite. And um, it was on sale, if you can imagine that, at the commissary. <laughs> and I took a picture of the bottle and I texted it to you. And I will explain what it is. But also when we, when we launch the podcast um, or when we drop the pod, I'll put the picture up in our uh, Twitter feed. Uh, it's a, um, the picture on the bottle is a cask of rum and an orange, which is sort of leaking. Not really being juiced, <laughs> but sort of leaking. Um, and the liquid from the cask and the orange is mixing and being poured onto the nose of a hand-drawn alligator that has a shot glass in its nostril. <laughs> I've missed the shot glass in the nostril. <laughs> I was looking at it really intently uh, last night. And I don't even know what to say about that artwork, except that I saw that and I texted you that <laughs> that beverage so fast like I I my fingers I can, I'm surprised that there was not smoke on my phone from texting you that picture to asking you if I should buy it for you and normally like like the description that you just read before you talked about the picture normally that'd be the thing where I'd be like yes 100% buy it but I was like I should do a little bit of research before I say that and, and the reviews of this thing online made me say no. So the, the main review, this is on tastings.com where people review spirits. It says, neon orange color, aromas of high sea orange drink and orange jello with supple, bright, sweet, light to medium body and rapid orange pez finish. A brightly hued fruity orange liqueur that's fun and festive. And I was like, anything that has pez anywhere in the description, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't need it. Even though it was on sale, I don't need that bottle cluttering up my beautiful liquor cabinet. So I ended up not buying it, but now I'm totally on the lookout for irreverent liqueurs and liquors. I have regrets about this. When we drove, I think last summer from Mar uh, from Florida to Maryland, every time you go through Georgia, there's like Peach World on the side of the road. And I'm like, Inga, we have to go to Peach World. Every time we go through, I want to go to Peach World and we never stop. And I was like, we're stopping. We're going to get gas at the gas station and I'm going to Peach World. And I went in and they had this like peach liqueur made in Georgia. And I didn't want to spend like the 20 bucks because I was like, it's probably going to be really bad. And I have regretted it since then. So next time I drive through Georgia, me and Peach World, we're coming together. I'm going to get a bottle of whatever that stuff was. And it'll be gross, but it'll still be great. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to your future finds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we often have some really interesting things at the ABC store here. So um, 
I go there periodically and just look for things that are so brightly colored that they shouldn't <laughs> exist in nature. I mean, you could make a nice shelf out of that kind of stuff, right? Like you take the labels off and just have, have the like brightly colored bottles. I, I mean, there's something attractive about that. Right. And then also dare people to drink it when they come over. For sure. I mean, that's a whole kind of party on, <laughs> on its own. Speaking of which, oh. uh, looking at the agenda, are we going to taste those cherries? Yeah. Do you have yours in front oh my of God. you? I got it. I'm going to have to edit this out. No, let me go get it. Hang on. All right. I got They're it. Big. They are. You want to talk about it? Because you, so you introduced this to me. So this is called a cherry blossom and they're from Canada. And they are made by Hershey Canada. Oh, I didn't so know that. we don't get them here in the United States. And they come in one per box. Um, it comes in a nice little box. And it is basically a chocolate covered cherry. And what is different is, for one thing, it's big. It's, it's like huge. the size of a key lime, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, a little bigger. Um, and the chocolate is milk chocolate, but it's also milk chocolate mixed with chopped up peanuts. I can smell it. It's It's got that chocolate peanut smell sitting here in front of me. Oh, mine's a little melty. I mean, it's kind of softest anyway. It's vaguely in the shape of like a normal chocolate covered cherry, but like on a lot of steroids. Yeah, it smells like a Mr. Good bar. Yes, that is exactly how it smells. remember those. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, so yeah. So I'll take a picture of the box. And so these came from one of our friends in um, in Canada sent them to me, and I sent one to you, mm -hmm. so that we could do this like five months ago. That's right. I I <laughs> saved these. These were not in the box of all the other chocolates you sent that Remy ate. That these Remy survived. Ate. And then, um, so I actually had to go searching for it, and I did find it. And so, um, so let's try it now. Okay. Take a bite. Oh, it's very big. Mm. It is very big. It's a little messy. One, I mean, an attractive thing about a normal chocolate-covered cherry is that you can kind of pop the whole thing in your mouth. Yeah, that is kind of nice. But what I like about this is that the chocolate has these extra little crunchies in it. Chocolate's good. I like the chocolate on the outside of this, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Um, but it's definitely too big, even for both of us, it's definitely too big for our mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, ben would it's probably... It's going to take, like, five bites. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even halfway through it, and I've taken two bites already. I, I haven't even gotten to the hit, cherry part. I was going to say, I haven't really gotten the cherry but I like that it has the liquid, the normal liquidy stuff that you have in a chocolate-covered cherry in the middle. Yeah, it's thick. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad, but, like, the thickness of the wall of chocolate around this with the peanuts in it is really tasty. But for me, it's totally overwhelming, the cherry taste. Like, I can't right. really... And also, this is actually too... I know this is going to be hard for anyone to believe. This is too much for me. Too and much I know, of everything? Yeah, I know people have seen my chocolate closet. <laughs> um, but I, I, don't, I just buy all that chocolate. I don't eat all that chocolate. So That's this right. Is you like, eat a little bit at a time. I eat very little at a time. Like this, this is like three days worth of chocolate for me. Mm -hmm. So um, if these were smaller, 
you know, yep. like if they were like regular chocolate covered cherry sizes, I'd probably be all over them. Yeah, I mean, it's t- very tasty, but it if I were to jam the whole thing in my mouth and, and try to eat it all at once, I don't think I'd know that there was a cherry in it. Like it's just there's a lot of sweetness and the chocolate and the peanuts I can taste, but not really the cherry part. Um, which is too bad because I really like that cherry part. Like a normal chocolate covered cherry, even like the ones you get at CVS or whatever, it's a really thin shell. Right. This is very like thick. Like a veneer. Yeah. Like a this chocolate is, veneer. This one's more like a like a candy bar wrapped around the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a fortress. It's a chocolate fortress. For sure. Tasty though. I mean, definitely liked it. Probably wouldn't buy another one, but wouldn't turn it down if somebody gave it to me. I wonder if we could figure out a way to bake it into something. It'd have to be like a cake, though, because it's so big, right? You or couldn't a put it in a cupcake. Yeah. Like the it... inside of a cupcake or a donut mm-hmm. or I don't know. I'll have to think about it. So to your idea of a cupcake, it would work if you get those like jumbo muffin tins. Mm. That's a size cupcake that this would be a good center for. All right. I'm, I, I have those jumbo muffin tins. Okay. Um, you now have a task. <laughs> yeah, I keep going. I keep looking at it because I ended up not knowing where my cherry blossom was. So I had to order four more. Oh, four pack. so I have three more of these that I can now play with. <laughs> All right. You, you're going to bake that then. Oh, speaking of which, ready? It's time to trans- transition into baking fails. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I hope when you put one of these inside a cupcake baked in one of those big muffin tins, it does not fail. Um, I apparently have lost my ability to bake this week. And I talked to you. One of them was so bad that I t- texted you about it. I also tried to make chocolate chip cookies last night. And I think I didn't put enough flour in. And so I ended up having to throw them out. Because it was just like the flat with like little bumps where the chocolate chips were at the end. Which was really sad. How is it that the scientist is not following a recipe? I I was making a half recipe, which I think is part of the problem. I was literally using the recipe on the back of the Nestle Toll House morsels. And it calls for like two and a quarter cups of flour for a full recipe. So I just did a sort of big-ish cup of flour for the half recipe and didn't because I didn't want to get out my tablespoons and measure the extra two tablespoons of flour even though I know this is the easiest way to ruin chocolate soup cookies is th- not getting the flour right so I was just like in a rush because I wanted dessert and I was like 45 minutes away from dessert because <laughs> I had to make the cookies so anyway I didn't get any um but that was not the biggest fail. The biggest fail is that I follow this guy on TikTok who makes recipes out of old, old cookbooks. He's wonderful and hilarious. Of course, I don't remember his name. I think his first name's Hollis, but I'll, I'll send it to you and you can tweet it out. Um, so he makes these great recipes and most of them are terrible. Like he just made an aspic thing or it'll be like depression pie and it's you know it's like sawdust and it's molasses. Made with saltines he had definitely has made stuff with saltines absolutely um and occasionally he'll in almost all of it you're like oh that's going to be terrible and it pretty much always is and so he makes it and then he tastes it at the end um and he got this recipe for what's called magic peanut butter cookies that he made and apparently were great. He was like, oh my God, these are like delicious. 
There are three ingredients in the magic peanut butter cookies recipe. It is one cup of peanut butter, half a cup of sugar, and an egg. That's it. You just mix it all up and put it in. He's like, these are just going to be all flat. But they're not. They, like, hold themselves together. They came out of the oven looking like normal peanut butter cookies. Um, So I earlier in this week was like I don't have any dessert in the house and so I'm gonna make cookies <laughs> same thing that happened last night and I'm like I'm gonna make that recipe I love peanut butter cookies if they are not great it's usually because they're not peanut buttery enough and that cannot possibly be a problem in these which are just peanut butter sugar and an egg so I was like going into the pantry and I have regular like skippy peanut butter and then I have coconut peanut butter it's actually called like coconut peanut spread it's so delicious i love it it is like my normal peanut butter like if i make peanut butter toast before i go out for a run this is what i use so i was like i'm gonna use that that'll be delicious it's got like this hint of coconut in it so i made these cookies and i took them out of the oven and they looked normal but like as they were baking i was like something in the house smells really weird and not good and i took these cookies out of the oven and they smelled rancid like I actually was like if I hadn't known better would have thought that the peanut butter had gone full on rancid except I was like licking the spatula after I made this bowl and it was I was like oh this is delicious peanut butter so it had not gone rancid it was fine I went and I got the jar out I sniffed it it's fine it wasn't expired I tasted it tasted fine but these cookies were just like there was this like volatile gas coming off of them I went and took a COVID test to make sure that I was not, my sense of smell was not suddenly messed up from COVID. Don't have COVID. Uh, Haven't had COVID at all. I haven't gotten it. So it's not like this is some residual COVID thing. I haven't had it. I test myself all the time and I don't go anywhere. Haven't had COVID. Awful. Just awful. And I kept, I texted you because I was like, Jen Kulsa, I just made these peanut butter cookies and they smell so bad that I have gone around sniffing everything else in my kitchen to see if it's just the cookies that are smelling bad or if my whole sense of smell is messed up. And I was like tasting random stuff out of the fridge. Everything tasted fine. Tasted the cookies. They tasted as bad as they smelled. I ended up throwing them away. And then we were texting and <laughs> I went back in the kitchen. It was like half an hour later. I had thrown the cookies into the trash, picked up the parchment, threw them in the trash because they tasted bad. And, and I was like, I'm going to smell them again. And they smelled totally normal half an hour later. And so I texted you and I was like, Jen calls it, now they smell normal. And you, being you, were like, well, now you've got to taste them. So I did break off part of one of those cookies in the trash and taste it. And it it tasted mm, not great, but not rancid. It tasted kind of normal and then had this weird like oily film in my mouth afterwards it did not taste good and so I think our the theory that we sort of landed on is that it must be one of the oils in that peanut butter because it's not actually peanut butter right it's like a whole bunch of stuff that's like peanutty and coconutty must not have enjoyed being baked yeah that has to be what it was because the fact that it's it smelled bad warm yeah and it didn't smell bad not warm had to be like a chemical reaction or something yeah something bad must have happened but i do mad mad props to you pulling a cookie out of the trash and trying (laughs) i mean it was for science i am gonna change our logo that says eat food out of the trash (laughs) 
I mean, it probably was not the first time I've done it, though I feel bad every time I do. Unlike food off the ground, where I do not feel bad. If there's not bugs on it, I don't feel bad. If there are bugs, I don't eat it. No, and and actually, I've I've brushed ants off of something and eaten it. You know, I mean, you do what you got to do. I know. I mean, if it's a Heath bar. Yeah. I, I, respect. I mean, Ants aren't doing anything. I know. They're, They're just taking poisonous. some away. They just taste yucky. So you just don't want to eat the ants. <laughs> Correct. I don't. But, um, uh, but yeah, actually, and, and you know, um, Monday is chocolate uh, peanut butter cookie day. So you have an opportunity to make oh. them correctly. I have a great peanut butter cookie recipe from my friend Alexis. It's her mom's recipe. It is in my recipe box. It's Alexis's mom's chocolate, uh, peanut butter cookie recipe. It's always great. I was just like, I was led astray by TikTok and now I feel bad about it. So. Well, you know, we get this, um, Ben gave me for um, Christmas, no, Valentine's Day, Dope of the Month Club, which is a cookie dough that comes every month. Yeah, I've seen and that. And the best cookie so far is their chocolate peanut butter kiss and mm. um and it comes in a it's like comes in like in a little ice cream pint yeah and it comes frozen and you just pop it in the fridge and whenever you want to make cookies you just pull out a couple spoonfuls and throw them in the oven nice and um they taste very much like not all of the cookies from them are created equal some of them have that weird greasy aftertaste mm -hmm. that i don't love um, but these are terrific. So um, I may send you some so that oh. you can try them out. That, I mean, worth a try, yeah. They, it's, it, it's worth having. Like, if you just want cookies for dessert, it's perfect. That's, that's what I need. I at one point bought, like, the tub of Nestle chocolate chip cookie dough. I mean, the stuff that I just tried to make. And it was okay. Like, they weren't quite as good as when I make it from scratch. But the real problem is that I would, like, open the tub and just, like, take a bite of cookie dough out of it. And it was, like, not the best thing I needed in my life. <laughs> like, constant access to cookie dough. Even though it wasn't great. It was not like cookie dough out of the bowl. I still would do it. Well, we could um, put, we could probably fit the pint in your cookie safe. Yeah. So, for those who are not familiar, um, I have willpower issues, especially around dessert. Um, pretty serious ones and you know it, it's not a thing that happens all the time but especially when I get a thing and I'm like way into that thing at the time I will eat a lot of the thing um, so if I make chocolate chip cookies and I really want chocolate co chip cookies I will eat like 10 chocolate chip cookies and a tool that I have found that very much helps me with this is that I got a, a cookie safe is what we call it so just a, it's like a plastic kind of white Tupperware thing with a lid and the lid has a little dial like an old iPod did. You spin it around to like get the time up and there's a little digital readout with a time. And then once you get it to the time that you want, you push the little spinny button and it locks it. It shoots out these little things that like go through little holes on the side of the Tupperware. There's no override. So if you, they show it with like keys. So it's like you want to take your kid's car away. You put their keys in the safe and you lock it for three days. And then like if there's an emergency, you got to break that safe. There's no, there's no override for it. Um, but I, if I put, <laughs> excuse me, if I put the cookies in there for like two hours, I'm fine. Then I stop doing it. So, oh, so you just use it to break the cycle. Yeah. If I'm like, I'm going to, I try all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to get my one cookie and I'm going to come here and I'm going to sit down and eat it. 
And then if I, if I really want them, I will just get back up and I'll get one more cookie and sit down and eat it. And then I'll go up and get another one, right? Like I need something to be like, you can't just do that. And so if I lock them up and it's just like, mm, I can't for two hours, then usually I'm fine and don't go back and eat more. So See, that I have so much willpower issue, willpower when it comes to eating. My lack of willpower is when it comes to buying stuff. Mm, that is, is a harder have, problem. <laughs> which is why I have an entire dining room full of chocolate <laughs> that I only eat one of every night. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I I need uh, to put my credit card in the cookie safe. I mean, you probably will just end up with the credit card memorized, though, right? No, I'm not very good at numbers. Oh, uh, well, that would work for you then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would need to tell Google not to remember my credit card number, though. Yeah. yeah, there's inconveniences that get introduced. But I mean, so it is with this safe, too. But I like yeah. it. It costs a stupid amount of money. It's like 60 bucks or something for this ridiculous piece of Tupperware. But I am ha- every time I'm like, you know what, like, I'm going to eat too much of that. And then I'm going to feel sick from eating 10 chocolate chip cookies. I'm so happy that I have that safe. And like, why not have something like that in my life? No, I think it's a great idea. Thank you. I love it. So, so that was my bad um, cookie recipe, which (laughs) (laughs) maybe rage item of the week. We had a rage item category last time. Worst smelling things. And you put forward one of these on Twitter, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And that is the humble potato. Yeah. Rotted potato is one of the worst like, I don't know how it happens that that something as banal and and really kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like not assuming, like unassuming as as the simple potato can smell so bad <laughs> when it rots. It's like it's like it goes to hell and back it's it's the kind of thing where like one potato in the pantry goes bad and then all of a sudden the whole house smells very bad and you gotta like go hunting you gotta find that one and then it goes in the trash and all the trash has to go outside immediately right and then you have to move i mean close we when we bought this house in florida um for like the first year we were kind of coming here for a month and going back to maryland so we were up and down for long stretches and during one long stretch i had bought sweet potatoes and i would always throw out any of the food that could expire before we would leave and one sweet potato avoided me and was in the pantry and so we came back the next time you know three months later and I opened the pantry and the pantry was like black on the walls and there was like dripping and a puddle. The sweet potato had obviously fermented, I guess, rotted and exploded like clear splatter marks everywhere. Liquefied sweet potato, which I encountered after the 20 hour drive you know, got here at like one in the morning, had been driving for 20 hours with all the dogs coming to the house. It smells like a sweet potato rotted and exploded. And then I had to clean up rotted and exploded sweet potato. Uh, It was awful. It was terrible. Though rotting sweet potatoes don't smell as bad as rotting white potatoes. 
Oh, I, I don't, I, I just, I don't, it's a chemistry thing, clearly, right? It's, yep, the, yep. it's gotta be the starches and the whatever, but we have, um, so the, when we bought this house, it was totally redone by two school teachers, two mm. male school teachers who never checked with their wives about like how a kitchen should be set up. <laughs> um, so it's like the worst kitchen I've ever encountered in my life. Um, and it has all of these drawers for produce, like potatoes, right next to the oven, right? Oh, so, no. <laughs> so, I mean, and you don't realize it, right, until you put potatoes there. Yeah. And then you forget about them for a little while. And then there's just this smell. And it takes you a little while to figure it out. And you you open up the drawer and you reach your hand in and it is all just rotted potato. And then there's... There's bugs in there. Mm-hmm. The bugs and come. And then you pull your hand out and your hand smells like that potato. And for it like a like long that. time. I mean, yeah. it, smells like, it smells like there was a dead animal in there, but it was a potato. For sure. And I just, I, I remember I yelled to Ben because I thought there was a dead <laughs> animal in the drawer. And it's, it's not, a, it's a shallow drawer. It was not a very deep drawer. There was probably like three or four potatoes in there. And only one of them was, had gone to the dark side. And it was so horrific that I was gagging. And I'm like, I'm, t I'm tough. Like, I grew up in the country. I, I'm used to dead things. Um, and I was just, it was so horrible. And I tried to talk him into just pulling that drawer out and throwing it away and <laughs> going to Home Depot and buying a new drawer. But we ended up pulling the drawer out and then it was, you know, it's it's all that, um, you know, that uh, pressed wood because it's yeah, with like the laminate on it. Yeah. yeah. So we just like bleached it and power washed it yeah. <laughs> and, and let it sit in the sun for a week. And and now we never put potatoes um we actually never even keep potatoes. Like we buy potatoes when we want potatoes, and then, and then there are just no potatoes hanging around. That's wise. That's wise. Because it's just no, it's yep. just too awful. But last summer, do you remember that I kept <laughs> talking about that garlic smell? So clearly, I remember this. Like wanting to come over and help you hunt for the garlic smell. Like in your I house. could not, for the life of me, figure out why the bedroom smelled like garlic. And it took me, I mean, I mean, if you saw the bedroom, it wouldn't surprise you because it's just a horror show. But I still couldn't figure out, like, I don't, I don't eat a lot of garlic food. I couldn't, like, there's no dishes up here. Like, the dogs don't eat garlic. Like, how is it, like, I, there was no garlic in a pocket of a dress that got put in, like, and it, I finally found it in one of my, my work book bags. I carry a lot of, like, book bags and stuff. And one of my employees who had worked on a farm and putting together CSA boxes mm -hmm. had given me a whole bunch of cloves of garlic. And, and he had given them to me with some work stuff and I had just stuffed it in my book bag <laughs> and then not thought of it. And, and luckily it hadn't really, it had gotten a little squishy, but it was not like that potato. But it took it took several days to clean that garlic smell out of the bedroom. Oh yeah, I mean all garlic smells are pungent. I think even if they're coming from yeah. not rotted. But I think I threw that book bag out. I mean, good if you got multiples, that's a good choice. You yeah, know, for sure. All right, looking at the agenda here, 
Um, it's time for just desserts, which I'm very excited about this week. I'm going to read you the story and then, uh, let's see, you can, you can give the recipe to go with it. Okay. This is a recent story. Like we've got some just desserts lined up that are going to be kind of older stories, but they're like funny and involve people throwing food and we have recipes for them. But this is from May 30th, 2022. So just like a week and a half ago. This is from NPR, and the headline is, A man in a wig was detained after throwing a piece of cake at the Mona Lisa. Um, So it's a pretty short article. A man who seems to have been disguised as an old woman in a wheelchair threw a piece of cake at the Mona Lisa in Paris. Video posted on social media shows security guards at the Louvre escorting the man away Sunday as he spoke in French about the planet. Think of the earth! There are people who are destroying the earth! Think about it! Artists tell you, think of the earth! That's why I did this! He says, according to the Associated Press, another video showed someone cleaning the cake off the glass, protecting the Mona Lisa as onlookers held up their phones and filmed the incident's aftermath. The 36-year-old man was detained and sent to a psychiatric unit. So there you go. Have you seen the Mona Lisa in person? I have not. It's, um, it's a, I mean, everybody says it's, it's small. a lot smaller. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not very big. And it's been vandalized a bunch of times. Like, people come in and throw stuff at it. I think one guy stabbed it one time or tried to stab it. So it's now also behind plexiglass. And I don't know. Like, And there's always, like, a bazillion tourists around it. So I found it to be a not exciting experience when I went. But I'm also not a big museum person. Like, I enjoy being there, but I, I'm not the guy who's like, oh, I got to go see, like, the check off, like, the big stuff at this place. So, anyway. No, neither yeah. am I. And so, I've never really had, an, and I'm not a wait in line for things, for the mm-hmm. most part, type of person either. Um, but I did think carefully about what, if I were to throw cake at something. Yes. What kind of cake I would throw. And so I also did a little bit of uh, research on on what people had done to vandalize and what they had, you know, what their beef was, no pun intended, with the, <laughs> with whatever. And there had been a couple of of people who had vandalized the artwork because of either immigration policies or whatever. So I picked a cake actually from Italy, not a French cake, not a French cake, not a patisserie. Indeed. Um, because it was it was clear from the photographs that it was a white cake with white frosting. Oh, you got more in-depth looks than I did. So it was very uh, messy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost looked like someone had thrown a whipped cream pie at it. Yeah. But, uh, but the reports were that it was actually a piece of cake. So one of my very favorite cakes comes from um, Italian bakeries. And it's just white almond cake with white icing that is often used for wedding cake. And so that is the recipe that I put together and will post on our um, on our Twitter account. Um, you make I, these lovely recipe cards. They're so wait, cute. <laughs> I'm really proud of this one. Oh, good. I haven't seen it yet. It's in our Google Drive if you want a preview. Oh, okay. I'm going to click over there. Um, while you're looking at that, we have a new segment uh for um the agenda and that is listener mailbag (laughs) oh this is where i would smash the transition button so you see if it works oh no it doesn't work (laughs) 
Um, so I went ahead and asked the folks who follow our Twitter account what kind of questions that they would like to ask of us. And this week, I am going to ask two questions of Jen, and next week, she'll ask two questions of me. And so since Jen cannot resist answering questions, <laughs> um, I am not going to uh, uh ask any of the questions she's already answered, which is, where does she get all of her cute skirts from? Um, but here is a good one um, that I think is topical. What are the best chocolate chips for chocolate chip cookie baking? So I, I was just thinking about this when I made my failed chocolate chips yesterday. Um, so I come absolutely from a Nestle Toll House family. Uh, my mom always insisted that you should use the milk chocolate chips, which are not the ones that people normally use, but that the milk chocolate chips make better chocolate chip cookies. Uh, they're hard to get, especially like here in the Keys where our grocery selections are much more limited. Like, you know, we've got a Publix, but it's like a small grocery store compared to the rest of the country. So you don't have a ton of choices with stuff. Um, so I was using semi-sweet. I like them just fine. But I agree with my mom's assessment. Um, I also say it's got to be chip shaped. I do not like chunks or mini chips, like regular size chocolate chips for me. And I've tried like, like I'm a huge Godiva milk chocolate fan. I mean, uh, of all the things, I would just, I, I texted you this week actually, because I was cleaning out the pantry and I found like behind a box, a Godiva milk chocolate Easter bunny that had hidden at Easter time. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I have like a four ounce milk chocolate bunny. I sat down, I ate that whole bunny. It was delicious. Um, but yeah, I've tried like that or the Ghirardelli, Ghirardelli, however you say it. And I don't like their chocolate chips as much as the Nestle Toll House ones. So Nestle Toll House, milk chocolate, regular chips is go-to, but I end up using the semi-sweet a lot. And I will say, I will actually say that those are actually my go-to as well. Mm. The milk chocolate regular chips from Nestle. Um, oh, from Nestle. And I'm surprised because not everybody is a fan of the milk chocolate chips. And I prefer them uh, to the semi-sweet. Yep. Okay. Uh, the other question um, is, how did you two meet and become friends? I've been a friend of the squad for a while. And I don't recall hearing how the relationship started. Oh, well, we live, uh, I mean... Now we don't. Right now I, I'm here in Florida, but we live in the vague vicinity of one another when I'm up in the D.C. area. Like we're kind of opposite directions. But um, one time I went to jail and I didn't have anybody to call, but I had you in my Twitter DMs on my phone. And so I DM'd you to come bail me out. And you did. You drove all that way and did that for me. And uh, and I mean, what a better way to start a friendship than that? Well, I mean, luckily it was a misdemeanor. And I had the cash. So I mean, there's, the charges all got dropped anyway. It worked out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a, a friend is someone who will, like, do that drive for you and show up with a bunch of money when you need it. And, and you did that from a Twitter DM. And, yeah, of course we're friends. Right. And that drive, meaning, like, 66 and the Beltway. That's, I mean, that that's drive. commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like the money was like tertiary to that drive. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I can pay you back for the money, but I cannot pay you back for the time or mental anguish of that drive. That's right. There's like like three, I have like three chits in the, in the owing. Um, so you helped <laughs> yeah. me with my podcast and you've, you, you, uh, you have over, you, you 
Instacarted me some churros for when Ladybug right. was really sick and I needed to get food into her. So you have you have like gone above and beyond too. So um, you know we're <laughs> we're making it we're making it even from me bailing you out of jail. But uh, yeah, so it's funny how the things that will bring you together, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks again for that, by the way. No problem. Someday I'll be in jail and either you or Ingo will have to come get me. You know we'll do it. Ingo will drive up there from here in Florida if that's what it takes. I know. He does so love to drive, doesn't he? <laughs> All right. Well, we have reached the end of this week's agenda. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to add? No, except that, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to um, hearing all about Nacho on the Golden Ratio podcast. Uh, it's very exciting. We are recording on day two of, of Nacho's journey to us. And so Ingo and I, uh, he just landed from his Germany trip. We're probably going to end up podcasting late tomorrow. And so we'll have some updates. So it's going to be exciting. Operation Nacho Run. All right. Well, it was good to talk to you as usual, Jen. You too. Bye, Jen Coleslaw. Bye, everybody else.